just a menace, ju- just a menace. Menace of sobriety, just a menace, ju- just a menace, just a menace. Menace of sobriety, just a menace, ju- just a menace. Menace of sobriety. Hello and welcome back to Menace to Sobriety uh, with your host Daniel O'Reilly, aka Dapper Laughs. I'm on about 112 days sober, something around that sort of region. I like to keep you guys in the loop. I don't know what it will be by the time you watch this, but um, I'm feeling good, feeling positive, and I've got another exciting guest for you. Something a little bit different to what we uh, what we've had before. It is a uh, another author uh, from a book. Uh, a little bit different from our last one. Last time we had Claire Pooley um, was um, documenting in sort of a diary format her journey, her personal sort of um, biography of her sober diary. This is a book um, called Alcohol Explained by William Porter. And it's a lot more of a common sense, I don't know, like um, an intellectual look at the reasoning, uh, the thinking and... Um, and uh, and sort of yeah, and sort of the reasons why we do what we do when we drink. And it is written by my guest today's guest, William Porter. Hello, hello there. Welcome. Thank you very much. Uh, right, so I've got to be honest. When I start, I got about uh, two chapters in, and I quickly got on my computer to my PA, and I said, "This is." Brilliant. All right. Can you, yeah, can you please uh, get him booked in? So Jade got in contact with you, got you booked in, which was fantastic. Um, but I never found time to finish it oh, after no. that. Okay. Yeah, so um, I'm hoping... to talk about Yeah, I'm hoping, yeah, yeah. I'm hoping I can... I've got about two two chapters in um, and my, you know, you know what it's like. My, and and, it, and uh, my ADHD and everything, find, I find it very difficult focusing. So um, I went from the book onto the audio. Right. Uh, okay, and yeah, I, yeah. I listened to a little bit more of the audio. Okay. But I still haven't completed it so i'm hoping to learn a lot more that happens in the later chapters okay um but first of all i wanted to say that uh, what i did read of it was really interesting especially um the stuff that you've done on anxiety and depression yeah. uh, and the the connections to it so we'll get into all of that uh but first of all tell me a little bit about yourself how did this book come about so i started drinking and smoking when I was about 14 yeah um, and I read Al- you know Alan Carr who wrote this No smoking. More Hangover is it No More Hangovers he wrote that's- that but originally he, 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 he found like a new method to stop smoking so that's how we like made blew it. up yeah yeah exactly so I came across that quite early on um, and I found it like really interesting because he took like a real pragmatic practical approach to mm. smoking and why you do it and how to stop um, and I ended up smoking for quite a few years but I think I took his quite analytical and pragmatic approach Mm. and just kind of applied it to my drinking. Now, I was always a binge drinker. I never, there were periods where I'd drink every day, but most of the time I would just get really hammered at weekends. Mm. Um, And it got worse and worse and worse. Now, as it got worse and worse, I was kind of still taking this approach of trying to analyze it and trying to understand why I was doing it, why I kept going back to it. Um, Mm. And it escalated worse and worse. I kind of... There are a couple of things I think, I think everyone drinks more as time goes by, Mm. you know, like anyone who looks back 10 years, they're drinking more now than they did then. But I think there's a couple of things in my life that really accelerated my drinking Mm. progress. One of them, um, I joined the reserve battalion of the parachute regiment um, and served out in Iraq back in 2005, 2006. And that kind of escalated my drinking quite a bit. Was it what because of the camaraderie or or because of what? Mix of things. It was like, I always felt because it was the reserve battalion, I always kept feeling like 
I didn't mean this to happen. It's like, you know, I was a bit bored one Christmas. I was like, where's my life going? And I saw an advert on the like the TV for TA. I was like, oh, I'll go pop into a few centres and have a look. So I started having a look and then I'll turn. You know, it was all... And the next thing like, you was at war. Next moment, I'm waiting to go out to Iraq. <laughs> How did this, do you know what I mean? And it was like, you get two months build-up training before you go out there. And I was just like terrified. I was like, what have I done to myself? I remember going, because my sister used to live down on the South Coast. Mm. And I used to go down there to see her for the weekend and just bring loads of booze and we'd get absolutely hammered. I remember waking up one morning, her and her boyfriend were still asleep. They'd sleep in for ages. And I was just like terrified and really nervous thinking, what have I done to myself here? Um, and there was a load of Strongbow Super left in the fridge. It was first thing in the morning. And I was like... Fuck it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I went from feeling like really nervous and anxious and unhappy to thinking... Fuck it, Yeah, mate. yeah, I'm going to go for it. Let's you go know. shoot some people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah. So it kind of, it totally... And it, it was like from then on, I was like drinking all day, every day, mm. building up to it. Um, and I remember talking to my other sister about it. And she was like, well... Don't worry about it. Do what you need to do to get through and worry about it when you come back. Yeah, that's Which yeah. kind of makes good sense. And also at the time out in Iraq, it was dry. You couldn't drink out there. So I was like, well... I might as well stock up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. What I didn't realise is it doesn't work that way. You know, when you start drinking at a level, it's you can stop, you can carry on. It's very hard to kind of scale back for various reasons. Mm. So went out there, came back, went into my normal job. My drinking kind of got under control a bit although I was still drinking weekends. But obviously what I started doing was drinking all day, every day, as soon as I wake up. So that pattern was kind of continuing. The other thing in my life that really escalated my drinking was having kids. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a different world. It's Stress. stressful. You're not mm. sleeping properly. Um, you feel like you deserve it more as well, don't you? Because yeah, you, it's of, like you've had a tough day and yeah. I need, you need it to, you need your adult time. Yeah. And it's almost like, you're growing up and it's a tie back to your past as well to when you're yeah, young I get and that, free. Yeah. Um, so that really escalated. And then, you know, my drinking was just getting more and more ridiculous. Is that as in like I'd start Friday afternoon, I'd drink right through, I'd wake up in the middle of the night, start drinking again, go back to bed, just wow. drink and drink and drink. Sunday, try and sober up for work the next day. But half the time you end up drinking again on a Sunday, then you're ringing in sick on Monday. Then you're sitting around at home with nothing to do. So you start drinking again and it's just getting like more and more out of hand. So I then stopped drinking in 2014. Mm. So it's nine years on wow. the 14th of this month. Congratulations. Time. Yeah, yeah. When you, when you went sober, did you, did you go back at all? Did you have any mistakes in the beginning? No, people quite often ask me about this and, and like, did you, did you relapse? Did you this, did you this? And the honest answer is no. When I quit at that point, I never went back to it. But I, it's kind of, it's not a straightforward story because before that I could never accept that I was never drinking again. Yeah. So I would stop for like a month, three months. I stopped yeah, yeah. when I joined the powers yeah. to get my fitness up. So I would stop for extended periods. Knowing you'd go back. wanted to go back to yeah. I could never quite imagine Christmas mm. holidays socialising mm. without booze. Why, why do so many of us drink? Why do so many of us, why is it so sociably acceptable to drink? I think there's a few questions there. Firstly, I think the reason we all do it is because everyone else does it. You know, we're mm. brought up. It's like I quite often in it. I quite often refer to it as you know the last bastion of acceptable addiction. Yeah. Loads and loads of people take this drug, and it's absolutely fine. Yeah. So I think you're brought up all things <clears throat> being equal. You see your parents drinking, your friends are drinking. Eighty-seven percent of people drink. Mm, you that's go out nearly and everyone, and it? everyone's drinking. So why wouldn't you? Yeah. You do it for that reason. Um, mm. I think one of the reasons it's become so prevalent historically is because it's easy to make. You know, if you want to make 
heroin or methamphetamines, mm. it's a complicated process. Yeah. Whereas alcohol, you just need a load of rotting fruit or vegetables. <laughs> yeah. Nice and easy to do. Yeah. And of course, it's a sedative. So if you're stressed, unhappy, mm. whatever, you take it. Yeah. It calms you down. Well, you. <clears throat> just leading on from that, <clears throat> I'll be honest with you. Today, I'm glad. I'm glad that I had this podcast today because I've got really triggered today. I've had like a hundred and, like I said, a hundred and twelve or something days sober, and I haven't. I've I kind of really accepted that this time I was sober because yeah. last time I went sober and then I kind of went back to it because I thought I'd done a long period of time. I'd be alright over Christmas, yeah, yeah. and it kicked off again. And you yeah. know, all the things I was worried about happening started happening, and all of that jazz. And um, so this time round. <clears throat> I've been quite confident with it and I've been all right because I kind of mm. thought, look, I'm, I can't, I'm, I'm not going back to drinking. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Not, I, I'm not missing out. I'm free of it. Yeah. You know, um, but I've just had a weird week this week. Like little stresses have built up. You know, I box a lot and my fight got pulled and then I like hit a pothole and my, my wheel, I got, it's going to cost me a grand. Yeah, and then, yeah, nice. you know, we have one car between us. The kids yeah. were stressing me out. My missus is, there's a lot of triggers. My missus is going away to Amsterdam this weekend and I'd normally be like, while well, the cat's away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and um, it's Thursday. I was coming into London. London used to be a big trigger for me. Thursday, Friday. Anyway, and I found myself this today, uh, this morning, very much being like my thought process going from I'm stressed, like uh, I need to relax, to I want to switch off, to um, I want to forget everything, to mm. I want to get smashed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you explain that thinking to me? Why? For years, you'll go to thing when you've been stressed is alcohol yeah and it works to a degree because like i say it's a sedative so it's a nice easy solution now if you do something over and over again it gets pre-programmed into your subconscious mm. okay so when you have an escalation of stress your brain's jumping in saying oh i know a good way to get rid of this have some alcohol it will dampen things down um and that's all it is it's like how many years were you drinking for fucking sorry um <laughs> Sorry, when I think about it, it's mental, but uh, I'm 38 now, I yeah. think, 38 now, since I was 15. Okay, yes, yeah, so, I so, say so, virtually, because I quit when I was 38, mm. so it's like quarter of a century, mm. so when you've been stressed, you've reached for a drink, and those triggers are there, and yeah. they'll continue to be there for a bit, but the thing is, to, uh, for me, anyway, it's just to understand it. Yeah. You know it's there, mm. you, know, you can expect it incoming when you get stressed. That's, that's what I did. I mean, I even done a video about it on my TikTok where I, I, I was just saying, you know, I just want to talk myself through this and show you how I noticed the triggers and and um, uh, what I was saying to myself, I was sort of reassuring myself that, you know, the and it was weird because it was so powerful today, but mm -hmm. I, I'm trying to think to myself that the trigger was powerful because I'm sober and it's I've got that clarity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a weird, it's a weird thing. Um, a lot of it is the associations as well, because when like you're getting stressed and what you're thinking about is kicking back, having a drink, having a really good laugh, relaxing, yeah. all the rest of it. To me, that was never the reality of it, because when I started drinking, when the kids are there, you've got that responsibility, you're tired, it's never quite. And also when you've committed to quitting for whatever reason and you start again, there's an element of kind of... <sighs> You've hard work yeah, yeah. and you're, you're not doing the right thing so it's never what you make it out to be what i always used to think about when i made the link between drinking and waking up in the middle of the night feeling anxious and unable to get back to sleep particularly when you've got kids and you're knackered but you wake up because mm. of that chemical imbalance and you can't get back to sleep that's one of the things i hated most about drinking and whenever i used to think about drinking i'd think about that 
Mm. not the fantasy because it is a fantasy you have this idea of everything party right? yeah, 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 yeah everyone exactly. like oh yeah i finally yeah, yeah. you know i finally let my hair down everyone's laughing and joking you're having yeah, yeah. a few drinks and it's not that no, it ain't no it's never like that. waking up at four in the morning feeling miserable isn't it? yeah yeah and um yeah so i really got into i kept kept rewinding the audio book and and listening over to um a part where you were talking about the relation, the relation between, you know, when you drink, you know, you might have one drink and then your you, you, your body responds afterwards with just a little bit of anxiety. But because yeah, yeah. you go on to your second drink, you don't feel the anxiety. Yeah, yeah. And it dampens it even more till ultimately once you finish drinking, that anxiety comes it back. Up. It yeah, really yeah. builds up and comes back. And um, I think that the, our, our, my generation, especially people around me, everyone I know, majority of people that drink, um, even though they say, you know, it, alcohol is a depressant, there is no, what because I know for a fact I was whinging and complaining about mental health issues for years, mm. being depressed and having anxiety, social anxiety. Yeah, yeah. And I never thought it was the booze. And I think that there's people out there right now that would be like, they would not associate the two, even though you've had a massive drink and then... And you feel like shit. And just talk me through the maybe the chemical or why the brain works like that. How what is how does that work? Yeah, yeah. So that's that's so alcohol is a you know a lot of people struggle with even the concept of it being a drug, but it is a drug, and it falls into the class of drugs that are sedatives mm. or depressants. And when I use the word depressant, I'm using it in its chemical sense as something that decreases or inhibits nerve activity. Right. Okay. So you take this sedative and you feel slightly dulled, slightly relaxed, whatever. But the human brain is incredibly complicated, and it's got its own array of drugs chemicals and hormones you know things like adrenaline and mm, mm, you know mm. endorphins and dopamine all this stuff you've heard about these are yeah. chemicals that the brain creates and excretes what it tries to do it tries to work by way of something called homeostasis which is a fancy word for just the balance of all these different chemicals right so when you introduce so almost think of like a weighing scale where you've got the sedatives on one side and the um, stimulants on the other yeah. balancing each other out and when when there's an equal balance when your brain is chemically balanced you generally feel pretty good yeah um so if you introduce something like alcohol which is a sedative you're tipping the balance and your brain tries to restore it mm. um so what it does it does lots of different things but basically it becomes oversensitized so that it can work under the stating effects of the alcohol one of the ways it's i sometimes explain it is imagine you're in a car mm. Right, and you're driving on a flat, perfectly good road, like nice day, all dry and everything, and you're trying to go at 30 miles an hour. So you've got your foot very specifically pushed, and you don't need to move it, you're just cruising on 30 yeah. miles an hour. If you then go off the road, it starts raining, you're on mud and wet gravel, the vehicle slows down, right? Mm. So you have to push down harder to get up to 30 miles an hour. Okay. Yes, yep. If you then go back from the wet mud and gravel onto the dry road again, you're going to fly ahead out of all control. Yeah. That's what you do with drinking. Your brain's countering the sedating effects of the alcohol. So when the alcohol wears off, there's that corresponding feeling of anxiety. It is literally, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So whatever wow. sedating effect you get, there's a corresponding feeling of anxiety when it wears up. When and it wears off. So, yeah, so, so to the casual drinker, to someone that's drinking... You know, someone that's going out once a week, maybe, and having three or four or five drinks, it's it's no big deal. That that mm. that sort of level of anxiety they're going to get, they can shake it off the next day, go for a run because they're not going to continue drinking mm. and da 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 da. But if you're if you're if you're if you're seshing like heavy yeah, yeah. heavy sessions of drinking, or if you're drinking regularly. It must be very stressful on your mind and your mental health. Yeah, it becomes, if you're in that situation, it becomes your only outlet. And that's like for when I was in my binges, it was like, 
waking up feeling like almost in a panic mm. and the only way you was going to feel better was either wait for three days yeah or have a drink <laughs> or have a drink and then feel absolutely fine because you're just correcting that chemical imbalance and you know that's what anxiety is you know mm. that anxious feeling you get when you're hung over and you're right you know like one or two drinks it's there but it's almost imperceptible but you start rocking up to big drinks it's it's mm. really noticeable yeah yeah i suffered really 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 bad with that and a lot of the a lot of the problems that i had uh, i encountered especially in my relationship with my wife and with my work and with my friends and stuff was never when i was drinking because i was a happy-go-lucky yeah, drinker yeah. so i was happy you know i was I've, you know, I loved, loved drinking, mm. I, you know, and um, I used to love getting smashed and being with everyone. But the next day I was an arsehole. Yeah, yeah. I was a massive arsehole. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I was, I was like stress levels maximum. There was another thing just going on from that. There was another thing that you said um, in your book, which I really related to, which was um, your, uh, you focus heavily on the things that are wrong the next yeah, day yeah and what what is why is this is where the depression comes in or this is where where your anxiety explain that to me because i was the same it was like the fucking world was falling apart the next day yeah because that's that's exactly what it's like any situation in your life there's good and bad to it like an average day like you came in and described all the things that were getting on top of you at yeah. the moment but like if you sit back and arise, it's no big deal and yeah. also there's some good stuff in your life, right? Yeah, so there's, yeah, lovely, there's good yeah. and bad. When you're hung over, when your brain chemistry is all out of whack, you're just approaching life like, oh my God, I can't, you know, everything's awful. And so you're you're almost focusing on the bad stuff mm. and you get into that kind of mental spiral of just, uh, because you're looking at the bad things all the time. Mm. Um, and it all, it all comes from that brain chemistry and that, that's why it becomes so powerful and has such a hold over people because their way out of that is to have a drink. So your general baseline is lowered, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, explain, go on, explain what you were, because John, John had this theory. He thought this was just an idea in his crazy mind. <laughs> but go on, John said to me well, before, yeah, well, so turn come, the camera around, John, so I sure. can see you. You're a beautiful man. I've washed my face today, <laughs> but, um, oh, God, I look chunky in this chunk. Anyway, so, yeah, so basically the idea is, is that when you're constantly putting substance into your brain, like you said, the homeostasis is always trying to get you to that state, so your general... A brain chemistry and state is just lower because you don't have the stimulant that your brain is expecting. Kind of like if you're really warm, your body will try and cool you down. But yeah. Suddenly the temperature changes. So yeah. So you're always looking out for danger and you know focusing on the negatives and anxiety and that that's like definitely a thing with like cocaine as well as mm. booze and everything. And yeah, wacky old brains, eh? Anyway, yeah. Back to the show. No, but um, no, but he, um, John said that to me and it really resonated that you know when you're not operating your brain, some, mm. your brain can be scanning for what the problem is as well. Which yeah. Yeah. Can give you a heightened feeling. Um, but yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, so that um, so that 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 for me was a, a, a real worry because mm. I had I had problems with drugs as well. So I yeah. dab dabbled into cocaine and stuff like that um, when the drinking wasn't enough for me. But um, when you mix the two of those together, the come down, the, the hangover. I mean, I can remember getting myself in some serious states mentally, mm. and uh, it makes me think to myself. And you can, I think you did touch on this as well in your book, and you can enlighten me if you can. What is the connection between suicide? and drinking and drugs? 
rugs and stuff like that because it must be fucking huge. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. It's it's massive. There was, it, I don't think you hear much of it now, but when I wrote Alcoholics Explain, there was a di- big debate about, you know, if you look at a population of people who are alcohol dependent, for example, they have much higher suicide rates and mental health issues. So the question was, is it the alcohol that's causing that mental health issue and the high suicide rates, or is it the other way around? Is it people with mental health issues gravitate towards drinking? Mm. Um, and I think the answer is both because if you've got an issue mm. a sedative is going to take the edge off it you know mm. massive umbrella term for issue your mental health issue trauma whatever it might be mm. if you don't feel right taking a sedative is going to make you feel a bit better mm. okay what's the most widely available sedative out there and acceptable so, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. easy to get you know as much as you can steal or afford it's yours you don't have to get a prescription or anything for it mm. but equally because of the way it affects you know, we touched on how it affects your um anxiety levels right mm. the other thing it does is because it causes that imbalance it absolutely destroys your sleep okay mm. so just to go into this in a bit of, bit of detail because it is really important sleep human sleep in different stages right one of these stages is REM sleep, mm. okay? REM sleep is a really weird sleep stage. When they've monitored people in REM sleep, their brain lights up almost as if they're fully awake. So they're asleep, but their brain's going absolutely nuts. Is this is this constantly. early on when you fall asleep, or is it... I'm not sure exactly is. You go through cycles, so you go through... But more R, one. R, R, REM sleep, is that when you're in deep sleep? Basically? No, 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 it's the opposite. So if you think you've got deep sleep, where you're very deeply unconscious, and you've mm. got REM sleep, where you're almost awake, your brain's light up right lights up almost as if you're fully awake it's when you dream oh okay okay so we don't understand much about it but what we do know it's crucial is it's crucial now they've done tests on rats where they've starved them of rem sleep and they've been dead within a few weeks wow they've done human studies but people become very depressed very disorientated without this crucial rem sleep right if you're not drinking you usually go through six or seven rounds of rem sleep if you are drinking you go through two normally i heard another statistic the other day if you're not drinking you get two and a half hours of rem sleep on average if you have i think it was two drinks it goes down to an hour and a half four drinks it goes down to 30 minutes six drinks or more you're left less than 30 seconds of rem sleep so you're starving yourself so do that for 10 years wow you can imagine the effect it's having yeah. on your mental health if people can't even go through these trials for a week being starved of REM sleep. Wow. That's insane, isn't it? Is, it isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. it's also why people wake up tired when they're drinking. You know, you can be in bed for 12 hours, you're still exhausted when you get up because you're not getting the sleep cycles you need. It's very difficult to educate people on this because... I, I I personally wouldn't want to wouldn't wanted to have listened to any of this, mate. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you'd started yeah, yeah. talking to me about this like two years ago, I would have yeah. been like, "Fuck off." <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's now that I'm just sort of working on my well-being, trying to sort my head out that I'm open to it. But I think that this is crucial information. I mean, when when I when I was at school, when I left school. When I was at school, I can't remember being... T- I mean, I was told alcohol was bad because mm. we weren't allowed to drink it till we was 18. Yeah, yeah. We're not allowed to buy it till we're 18, which makes you think, I've got to get some of that. <laughs> and um, yeah. my whole childhood... Um, revolved around trying to get alcohol for the weekend mm. getting drunk going to the park with all your mates yeah, seeing who could drink the most and getting getting pissed and then later on going to parties house parties getting drunk and then coming of age when you're 18 17 18 19 going to pubs and then that was mm. it pubs and clubs for the rest of my life yeah and then and then home social drinking at no point was i told at any point by anyone that 
how how it would affect my mental health. It's interesting because the information is there, but people aren't that, like you say, they don't want to hear it. Um, and especially in this day and age, where so much of what's in front of your face is how many other people like and share it. Mm. Um, and if people look at this and think, "I don't want to know that," <laughs> no, yeah, it doesn't get liked and shared, and people don't hear about it. No, you're right. So yeah, you're right. Um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna have a look at a couple of other questions that I write down for you. Um, but yeah, just just on that, I think it's it's crazy if you think about it because I knew that I shouldn't inject heroin, mm. and I knew that yeah. I knew that sniffing cocaine could become quite Moorish. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But at no point did I think that um, drinking no. uh, at the weekends was going to affect me in su- in such a bad way. Um, so was there? T- well, we've gone over that chemical chemical imbalances, stuff like that. Um, your thoughts on the AA because you had quite a you had quite a um, interesting um, thought on the AA a lot of my comments a lot of because I never went to Alcoholics Anonymous Mm -hmm. I was kind of uh, I kind of had the feeling that um, it would be unfair for me to go there because I wasn't alcohol dependent and Mm. I kind of felt like that my struggle with alcohol and drugs wasn't strong enough to go and sit down there and I felt like I might people might be like look you can go without so you're right and also I'd heard rumors that uh, about it and I wasn't I wasn't sure it is something that I might explore I don't know Mm. but what was your thoughts on alcohol so I I found that like the camaraderie just talking to people who are in the same position as me Mm. invaluable it was like such a big thing and it's personally I found on the whole, it was very positive. So you turn it up. Did you go? Yeah. Yeah. I went two major stints. I did at AA. So going in, people are very friendly, but not overly so. So you don't have to talk if you don't want to, but just sitting down and talking to people and realizing you're not alone. Other people I found massively powerful where I struggled slightly was with the actual steps Mm. because I mean, I spent time in the military. I don't mind doing stuff because I'm told to do it, Mm. but I like to see a reason for it. Mm. And I kind of struggled slightly with the steps. And what I found was when you're like, when you're saying, well, how and why does this help? It it just does. So just do it. Um, And I think the problem is for, for many years, people haven't understood addiction and it's almost become acceptable to not understand it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's just addiction. You're just yeah, yeah. an alcoholic. Don't question it. One of the worst things I ever heard was don't try and rationalise addiction. I mean, why should, you know, you might fail, but why would you not? This is what we humans do. We try and understand things so we can further our knowledge mm. and understanding and all the rest of it. Um, so that was that was my experience. I mean, I would say whatever helps people is good. Mm. That's the first thing. The, the, the main negative I have with AA is they're not all the time, but people are quite often told if it's not working, you're doing it wrong. You need to do it more mm. or harder or different or better. Whereas what I think they should be saying, and I say this to people, if this doesn't work for you, try something else. Yeah. There's a lot out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, your book, it seems to have quite an analytical look at, yeah, it's like you analyze it a lot. Yeah. I did do a chapter on AA. And the reason I did that, because it was written now a few years ago, and, and there's a lot more out there than AA now, but at the time AA was the big thing. So when people had a problem, they quite often went to AA. And if AA didn't work... It was almost like that added to their list of questions because why hasn't it worked for me? And that's why I ended up putting a chapter in there on how I see AA and how it works, just because I think it was helpful for people who'd got into a problem, Mm. 
gone to AA thinking it would help for whatever reason it hasn't helped just to understand mm. that additional dynamic if you like yeah I think that I'm just having a look through your chapters here mm. which will inspire more interesting <laughs> questions but um I think just just before I get into all that, that uh, today has taught me taught me or reminded me how difficult the first three four weeks was for me because I had that I suddenly had this weird I had this feeling like am I going to fucking hell am I going to drink like yeah, yeah. I had this really weird thing happen to me today I was on my own I've just I don't know like I've been really pushing myself hard training and fitness and everything like that maybe swapped one addiction for another addiction like that 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 um you know that having to do everything in fucking excess mm. and. Um, this week you know a couple of things happened like I said but I, I didn't train in the mornings I thought yeah, I'm just yeah. going to give myself a break yeah. I felt like I'd hit a wall and I feel like may, maybe that has made made me feel a little bit vulnerable and I don't know why but no it does because I see I do a similar thing I, I kind of like not swapped alcohol for exercise, but I always exercised a lot. I like how it makes me feel. It just, it's a good way of stress relief, all the rest mm. of it. I did it a lot in the army, so that kind of got me into the habit of it. And I found when I'm not drinking, because you're not hung over loads, mm. you can exercise more. Yeah, yeah. But you still need rest days. Yeah. You have to have them. And I think there can be a danger when you have a rest day. You haven't got that endorphin yeah. from having done exercise. So you kind of feel a bit flat. And of course, talking about what we talked about earlier, your brain's then, oh, where can I get this buzz from? Yeah, oh, you're right. That's yeah, probably yeah. what's happened to me. Yeah, it could be. That's yeah. probably what's happened to me um and i think that that's why for, uh, for people definitely it's so difficult to give up drinking because the first three to four weeks or a month if you don't get past the first month you you, you haven't started really feeling the positive benefits of it have you yeah, you're no, just still yeah you're just still struggling with the um with your brain saying i need that mm. i need that thing back yeah the positives kick in pretty quickly but you're right, they they accrue over like weeks and months and mm. months. But the problem is when you first quit, alcohol's been a big part of your life mm. and suddenly it's not there anymore and that kind of feels wrong. And it's natural, you're, you're then thinking about, oh, but I'm going on holiday, I've got my mate's birthday. I've that's going to be shit, that's going to yeah, be yeah, shit, that's going to be what shit. What am I going to enjoy out of life anymore? Yeah, So you're so kind true. of wanting to go back to it. So even though you're sleeping better, your anxiety's getting better, you've got all these benefits, if you're feeling miserable, mm. you're not going to notice them. Did you ever read Alan Carr's book? Yeah, No More Hangovers? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. I... Alan Carr set me on my path. I didn't... His For me, his alcohol book, there was a couple of parts where it was wrong. What did you think like, was wrong? Because I'd be really interested. He in said that there's no physical withdrawal from alcohol, which for me, I don't agree with at all. Yeah, well, you can see that in people that are just physically sick and ill when they... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. People can exactly. die if they stop drinking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Serious, yeah. Um, and the other thing he said is, you know, like because I never drank every day and you mm. sound like you were similar but when you start having one or two is never an option no, of you just want not. to drink or not drink he said the reason for that is because alcohol um, dehydrates you so it makes you thirsty so you want to drink more now for me I was never reaching for my third, fourth, fifth, tenth drink because I was thirsty no I wanted to get smashed yeah yeah exactly yeah so for me that didn't quite ring true mm. um, and I read Alan Carr's autobiography and he actually said in it he never drank a particularly large amount. He didn't want to write the book and he was trying to find someone else to write it for him. Oh, right. So, so, that, it, so yeah. it's sort of a false... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, he tried to apply his method. I, I, don't get me wrong, I think he was a genius in what yeah. he did, but I don't think he necessarily translated it to alcohol. Yeah, because way. I found... I Personally, I found that book, but um, because I consider myself quite... Um, uh, you know, I don't know if it's the ADHD or because I'm dyslexic or a mixture of the both, or just because um, intellectually my my 
focus isn't that way inclined that yeah, I find yeah. it very difficult to focus on books and mm. and read and and actually to just retain interest in something for long enough that I found this book because it was small and it was little paragraphs and it was I found it easy to consume and the way that he'd done it um uh, and the analogies that he used in there like also like he he really dumbed it down so yeah, yeah the first time I went sober I, I read that book and it and it really and I thought I'm going to read this all the time but now when I look back on it, yes, it's, but there are some bits that I'd take from it. Like for instance, um, the false, um, uh, sort of almost like the, the false advertising around, yeah. yeah, the false advertising around what alcohol does to you yeah, yeah. or for you. Yeah. Like for instance, Absolutely. like you've got a chapter in here about, uh, shyness and, and, um, you know, like you've, what, <laughs> Yeah, the best way I can describe it is, you know, you, when you think that having a few drinks is going to loosen you up and you're going to be more likable and approachable. Yeah, yeah. But I tell you what, once you go sober and you go out with certain people that are drunk yeah. and you look at them, you're like, fuck, did I used to be like that? Yeah, it's it's funny, isn't it? We, one of the most powerful things, I mean, a lot of people, the thing they fear the most is not drinking, is going out and not drinking. Yeah. Actually, it can be really powerful because it's like you're going out, you actually watch people drinking. It gives you a very different view. Mm. Um, and it's like one of those things where you kind of, you go out drinking and you, you maybe remember the first couple of hours and then you forget the rest and you just assume that you had a good time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All the time you watch drinkers by like midnight, one in the morning. They are not having a good time. No, not at all. No. It's yeah, like, it's really interesting. You come yeah. home with a black eye and like, oh, I had a great night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really good night. Yeah. yeah. Why do we get blackouts? So blackouts, no one knows 100% for sure. But um, the theory is that you've got a long-term memory and a short-term memory, right? So you, like we're having a conversation now. You're probably not going to remember it in a decade's time, but you might remember the birth of your child. Or, yeah. you know, do, you want, do you know what I mean? So memories go into your short-term memory and then may or may not then pass on to your long-term memory. What alcohol does is it stops it passing from one to the other. So you can function at the time, but it hasn't gone into your long-term memory, so you can make wake up the next day and have no memory of what happened the night before. So the alcohol stops it from going to, like, what's happening immediately now and filing it, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's filing it. it. Yeah, 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 that's dangerous, isn't it? It is. There, there's obviously where you just drink loads and loads and loads on one occasion, but it can build up over time. So you get, and this is more disturbing, and I've done this before, where you're drinking at kind of like a base level but not to get hammered. Um and to all intents and purposes, other people may look at you and think you're sober, but because you're drinking a fairly large amount over a longer period, you just wake up the next day and you've got no memory of what happened the night before, like the whole day before. Um, I remember speaking to someone and she told this story where she was away. I shouldn't laugh, really. It's pretty horrible. She, she was away with friends for a weekend. So they were drinking a lot. She wasn't getting hammered or anything. And she woke up one morning and she was like, right, we should go to this monastery. You know, we've not been. It looks really good. It's only nearby. And there was this like embarrassed silence. And they were like, we went yesterday. Oh, my God. Remember. Yeah, I mean, no. I've got, yeah, that's, I, I say this in most episodes, but I've got this, uh, I hate, like, maybe it will keep me sober, but I've got this, <laughs> I've got so many situations where I look back now and I cringe and I can't remember bits and, um, yeah, man, like my, like, and I hate saying it, like my wedding, like the, the, the latter part of the wedding, the latter part of like the day, all the important stuff, like, you know, the, the, um, go, you know, actually getting married and the service and the, the speeches and da, 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 all. But as soon as it got dark and the band come out that from the, a certain point, I can't really remember much. And that breaks my heart. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, not an ideal situation. To be no, in. no. Breaks my heart. Right. Let's get into some of your chapters then. And you can, you can talk me through, 
Um, drinking and obesity. So alcohol, yeah. I mean, I've lost so much weight since I stopped drinking. Yeah. It must be a huge factor, is it? Yeah, it is. So, so like, very, very simply, and this is, I, I can't remember, I've listed all the reasons why alcohol makes it incredibly difficult to lose weight. One of the biggest things, because it dumps all these stimulants in your system, like adrenaline and cortisol, it pushes your heart rate up. Mm. Okay. When your heart rate is going, gone up, you want to sit down and rest. Okay. The quicker your heart's going, the more tired you feel. That's why going out for a run is hard work and you mm. want to stop. Um, so when you're immediately elevating your heart rate, you're robbing yourself of energy. Yeah, yeah. Okay? And like, if you're going to go for a run, it's 10 times harder and you're enjoying it less and you get so much less out of it mm. because you're not able mm. to push yourself yeah so it has a massive impact on like exercise um it's an appetite stimulant which may sound a bit counterintuitive because i've been talking about it as a sedative as a depressant yeah. but how your body works when you eat um that food has something like 14 foot of digestive tract to go through and your body uses muscles to squeeze it through. That's when you eat a big meal, you're mm. tired because it takes a lot of energy to digest. Mm, yeah. So your body usually encourages you to eat when you're relaxing. So because alcohol is a sedative and it makes you feel dulled, it makes you hungrier. Is that I mean, why you're always grabbing like nuts and crisps and everything well, with it? Well, this is the other thing. Don't forget to take this drug. It's not like you smoke it or inject it. You need to drink it and you're taking on a load of fluid. Now, it, I, mean, I don't know how many pints would you drink on an average night out? Seven, eight. Imagine drinking seven or eight pints of water. I wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to. You'd feel sick and it it's not particularly good for you. You get used to it because you're trying to get the drug. Okay, mm. But what that's doing, it's washing salts out of you. So you wake up or even the night, you're really... You hmm. want salty food, and salty food is kebabs, cheese, pizza. Oh right, burgers, yeah. You want that, that. You want that salt cravings. Yeah, that yeah. dirty food. That's why you eat crap. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I find like it's, people don't like looking at it at like looking at it like this. But someone said this to me once. It's like you. It's it's a what's it a diuretic diuretic yeah yeah, yeah diuretic yeah, diuretic yeah. yeah. So so you. so yeah. when you drink beer, it actually makes you more thirsty. Yeah yeah. So yeah. yeah. So when you're drinking, and another something what someone else said to me is that you you want the alcohol so much, but you don't want to fucking drink it. That's why you can go yeah. from beers, then you go to shorts, and then you just go to fucking shots. Yeah yeah yeah. I remember going to that. You know that um campaign for ELA or they do that beer festival yeah 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 going to that and it's like it's really good fun for the first few beers and then it's like I, d I just I don't want any more beer mm. I just want to move on to spirits or that's, something that's why I think that's why I use cocaine so much because I'd be like easy oh, option yeah I'm it? just yeah, stuffed yeah. I need to get this <laughs> I need to get this smashed quicker <laughs> yeah so um boredom drinking oh my god that so the slowing down of the mind boredom drinking just before we get into that one but um that oh god this is this is the thing I, I have a character online called the sesh gremlin right okay and it's uh and he comes alive towards the weekend and that definitely happened to me today where um and i used to do these sketches when i was drinking right mm. um and it'd be like it'd appear it's got a cone on its head and he's like he's like hello you little hello you little sausage come on let's get fucked and it was always to do with cocaine really because it was the sesh more than anything but yeah. it would always like my missus would say something like um you know or she'd be baking a cake or something and she'd have mm. some flour and yeah. it'd appear and be like that's not flour it's cocaine sprinkle it on her tits and all this stuff right and i'd just get right involved in it but um um it to me it was to me it was always like oh what am i going to do like you said what am i going to mm. do this weekend what am i going to do and i think a massive fear for 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 men and women out there is definitely um 
what the fuck are we going to do if we don't drink? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So what's this about here, the boredom? So this is, this is, there's a lot of different things here with it. But when you get into the situation of like, I need a drink to socialize or to enjoy myself or whatever, mm. if you don't have it, you're not quite engaged in what's going on. Okay, so let, let's give an example like you're out with your mates or you get home after a shitty day at work and you're trying to relax. Mm. That should be enjoyable. Work's over, you're out with your friends, whatever it is, you're relaxing, you should be enjoying yourself. If you're not engaged in that, if you're not paying any attention to it and instead you're taken up with this unpleasant debate in your mind about should I, shouldn't I, why can't I, I want it, mm. you're not happy. Okay, and time hangs heavy. So if you then can have that thing that's causing that internal debate, it's not actually doing anything for you, but it allows you to get back into enjoying what you should have been enjoying in the first mm, place. Mm. So like you're out with your mates, but you're not paying any attention to them because you're too busy taken up with this. Should I, shouldn't I? Yeah. So what our experience of life is, I don't really enjoy it unless I'm drinking because we get to the point of needing it to enjoy ourselves. Yeah. This is an interesting thing. If you say to a room of people, hands up, who thinks a night out is more fun if you're drinking, Everyone sticks their hand up, right? If you say to the same room of people, hands up, who is psychologically, if not physically dependent on a drug to such an extent they can no longer fully enjoy their lives without it. People will be like, like shut up, mate. Yeah, but it's the same question. <laughs> yeah. Just asking a different <laughs> way, music right? Yeah, die. fucking hell. It's the same question, but people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't want to hear that. Yeah. It's, that, it's that kind of perception of it. And that's why I think when people say, oh, you know, like, isn't, isn't it boring not drinking? It's like... Well, it might be for you because you can't enjoy anything yeah. without drinking. But that shouldn't be how it is, should it? We shouldn't need alcohol to mm. enjoy our mate's mm. company. Yeah, it's such. this is such a tricky one for me, man, because... I love spending time with my mates off me nut. Yeah. But um, it's such a tricky one for me because... I, and do you know what? A funny old thing. You said that you were about... How old are you now, if you don't mind me asking? 47 yeah. this month. And I think at the moment, my social yeah. media, my social media, some of my followers have really grown up with me since I was... Since like 2014, 2015. Right, okay. But before, yeah. maybe maybe 2001, two, when I started social media, whatever, mm. a lot of them have grown up with me. And I feel like... Um, um, as men, you know, the when you got responsibilities like kids, your own businesses, da da da, having a wife and stuff like that, that you you know the party's sort of over. Do you know what I mean? In regards yeah, to yeah. you know we're out drinking, fucking around every weekend, messing about, uh, and the party can certainly feel over when you take the alcohol out of it. Mm. You know, and right, rightly so. Do you know what I mean? Rightly so. If you've got responsibilities, you shouldn't be doing that. But it is a real fucking tough. It's a real tough thing to look at if you're looking at it through the eyes of the alcohol's what I what I enjoy. Yeah, and I think the problem is as well. <laughs> Because alcohol intoxicates people, they become really dull and irritating when they're drinking and you're not. Mm. So I don't think it's... Yeah, I don't I, enjoy I see, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I See, going out with your mates when they're all drinking is not the same. But for me, the problem isn't necessarily that I'm not drinking. It's that they are. If you took alcohol out of the equation... I mean, 8 billion people in the world, right? Half of them, 4 billion people don't drink. It might be religious reasons, cultural reasons, whatever. They don't sit at home not socialising. They go no. out with their mates and enjoy yeah. their company. They just don't have this drug involved. Yeah. So to me, that's the difference. And it's like, for, for me, certainly, I, you know, I've been out with people when they're drinking. It's all right for the first hour or two. Yeah. And then it just gets boring. And, you know, 
you change sometimes people change and you don't or they do and you know whatever mm. i mean i've got a different group of friends now i've become obviously fairly big in the sober world and i do a lot of socializing with people who don't drink yeah and i just enjoy it more yeah yeah i don't think i don't think i could go out this i don't enjoy going out when people want to smash it's a bit too soon for me anyway but i just yeah. i just i just i don't feel like i'm missing out but i i, I kind of feel like i have to, i'd have to be in that vibe to enjoy it properly <laughs> and people start winding you up really yeah, bad yeah i think the problem is it it does intoxicate people they start repeating themselves I think they repeat themselves a lot yeah they? yeah and they start they start getting really close and spitting and they don't realize it and it's just it doesn't make for an enjoyable evening yeah and when you're so when you're drunk as well you, you can't sit you? you go along with it yeah, didn't yeah, you? absolutely yeah especially if you're around people that are using cocaine mate they chat some serious <laughs> well it's like any if you're on the whatever drug with someone you want that same wavelength whether mm. they're going up or down or left or right or whatever but when you're yeah. not they're off doing whatever they're doing and you're kind of yeah not yeah you're thinking about your bed yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um, a typical uh, alcoholic day explained. What was this section about? I never got to this section. So this is just talking through, really, this th this is more use, I think, for people who are trying to have a lot of people saying, thank you for your book, I don't have a problem, but it's helped me understand my partner, father, mother, whatever. Right, so this is you this trying is to explaining, give... explaining, yeah, the mindset of someone who's alcohol dependent. So, like, they're waking up, they feel awful, you know, we've talked about that chemical imbalance. They haven't slept properly. Mm. They're just feeling really, really bad. Everything's looking awful to them. And the one thing they know that's going to make them feel better is another drink. Mm. Okay. And they know they shouldn't do, and they know it's going to cause all these problems, mm. but also they feel really, really awful. Mm. So they reach for the drink and they have it. And it kind of talks through in a bit more detail that aspect of things to try and hopefully... Yeah. A lot of people just look at someone who's you drinking... You think you're a twat. Yeah, what, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Yeah. So you're trying to so you're trying to get into into the mind of the people around them so they can understand. Yeah, yeah. So uh, someone can read that and think, you know what, I may not have experienced it, but I kind of understand what mm. they're going through now. I understand it's not irrational. It's not irrational. It might feel like it, but it isn't. Because, you know... If you feel really, really awful and you've got a way of immediately feeling better, and you're going to do why it. Why is it irrational to take that? Do you mm. know what I mean? Why? I, I'm just coming away from the book a second. Like one thing that I could never understand, and I, I got got a sense of it this morning, is, and this might have something to do with I don't know if it's got anything to do with trauma or, or, but I know for a fact that majority majority of the men that follow me that. That are, that, are, that are like weekend binge drinkers like mm. I was the majority of the men out there that um, that occasionally when they drink they can't get the thought of using cocaine out of their heads and stuff like that that there certainly is something and I don't know if it's society now or if it's happened in the past or what but there's a switch definitely in my head that used to go I want to get fucking annihilated mm. I want to get fucked up like yeah, yeah. and all the words are horrific you know they're wasted yeah. like smashed um and it's like I want complete escape of from reality and I don't really care about the consequences of it like mm. in regards because you don't you, you you don't you don't think about I mean you we almost accept that the, that we're gonna have to deal with the fallout with from the misses uh, yeah uh, we almost accept that you know we you might have work the next day but you'll most accept fuck it i ain't making it to work mm. and this is going to be really bad for my health uh, i'm going to get fucked up and who knows what i'm going to end up doing 
what what the fuck is that? Why does that happen? Yeah, so there's there's an interesting thing. A lot of people sort of talk about have, not having an off switch with alcohol, mm. like, and it can lead on to other things. I talk about that as well. But if you think that every time you have an alcoholic drink, it causes this feeling of anxiety, right? That feeling of anxiety, be it one drink which is tiny and almost imperceptible, or you know, a whole bottle of spirits, in which case it's like pretty noticeable. The quickest there's two ways to relieve it, right? You either wait a few days. Or you have another drink. Mm. So if you wait a few days, your brain chemistry gets back to normal. You start feeling a load better. But the far quicker thing is just to have another drink mm. because you're immediately correcting that chemical imbalance and you feel better. So that's why there's this tendency when you start drinking to just keep going. Now, a big part of addiction is is in the subconscious where, you know, like when you drive, you drive, right? Mm. So if you're in a car as a passenger and the person who's driving is driving too fast or too close to the person in front, you find your, like, your right leg keeps tensing. Yeah, you can Yeah, you can sometimes even push down on the footwork. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. So this is, this is not something you're born with, obviously. Mm. It's something you learn over however many years as a driver, where if you extend your right leg, you slow the vehicle down, so yeah. your subconscious is jumping in with this like automated reaction. Now, what your subconscious learns over time is when one drink wears off, there's an unpleasant feeling which can be alleviated by having another drink so when your subconscious catches onto that every drink when it starts to wear off causes a desire for the next one wow right so you're drinking 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 but we've also discussed about how to get alcohol inside you it's not like smoking it or snorting it you've got to drink something yeah <laughs> and it's not easy drinking that amount of liquid so or you might eat as well that's the other thing you go for a quick kebab and you're no longer you, you're struggling to get the alcohol down but that unpleasant feeling is building up so it's like, well, how do I get rid of it? I can't drink now, so cocaine or whatever yeah. else it might be. So it kind of has this natural progression where you drink and drink and drink until you can't really drink anymore. And then you're looking for the next thing to keep, you know, you're constantly mm. chasing that feeling. That's, it's crazy, isn't it? Like, it, it's crazy when you, when you lay it all out like that, you'd think to yourself... Well, mm, it's not really fun, is it? But it's no. been it's been labelled as fun for me. It's for almost so desperation, isn't it? Because when you're at that stage as well of thinking it's going to cause massive fallout with the family and the job and all the rest of it, you're almost creating anxiety yeah. to need more drink to kind of. Do you know mm. what I mean? It's almost well, I used like to, spiral. Yeah, I used to have. Um, I used to have anxiety. Oh, I, mate, I'm, I'm so in tune with it now. Luckily, I don't. I, maybe I had a bit of it today, but. I used to have this horrible feeling on the lead up to the weekend. Hmm. I used to, because I knew what was coming, maybe. Right, yeah, yeah. I used to have this horrible feeling of, like this sunken feeling of, um, you know, or like, anti maybe it's maybe it was more like adrenaline, like anticipation for the weekend. Like, yeah, yeah. come on, get me there, man. Come on, get me there. But um, yeah, some of us, it's weird. It's like, you know, a lot of people message me now because I'm doing this podcast or they DM or inbox me or comment and that saying, how do I know if I've got a drink problem? And how would you? Ha that's such a good question, isn't it? Because from uh, I'll just explain how I, I think what I think it is, and I just I just simply think if it's affecting your life in a negative way, like your relationships, your work, um, and your you've tried to stop and you're struggling, then you've got a problem with it. How yeah, would yeah. you How would you define it? Funnily enough, I mentioned this in the book, but, but a problem is something that you know you're grappling with that you it's, it's causing you thought and unhappy thought and you're trying to get to grips with it if you even get to the stage of thinking do i have a problem with this you have it probably yeah it means there's negative consequences you're not happy with it things don't feel right mm. so it probably means there's something wrong and i think th this is what 
really need, if nothing else for people to take away is you, you don't need to be chronically alcohol dependent to have a problem with it mm. you know i had someone contact me she drinks a glass of wine once or twice a week red wine right no one would think that's a problem but when she drinks it she notices her anxiety levels go up she doesn't sleep well she feels a bit rubbish the next day she's tried to cut it out but she's struggling with it because mm. part of her wants to keep doing it mm. for her that's one glass problem. of wine is a problem yeah yeah you know uh, yeah it's, it's, it's in your own perspective, isn't it? Yeah. What's the first step to stopping? So for me, it's about changing your perception of what we're dealing with because, you know, there's two ways of looking at alcohol. It's fun. It's harmless. It's a great, you know, it's great for socializing, for bonding. It's this important part of growing up and all the rest of it. That's one image of it. Or the other image and the image that I buy into is it's not healthy. It's a drug. It has massive negative consequences, very few positive consequences, and mm. just don't want it anymore. Mm. So for me, there's two ways of quitting. One is to try and resist temptation, but the much better way, if you can do it, is to not be tempted in the first place mm. by, by uh, really analysing it and understanding. So look at your daily drinker. When you start to understand the chemical dynamic there, mm. when someone who drinks regularly has that glass of wine or beer in the evening it feels really good, okay? But the reason it feels really good is because firstly, it's correcting that chemical imbalance, that level of anxiety, whatever that level may mm. be, that the previous drinks caused. Yeah. And actually, if you stop drinking for a few days, you get that feeling back for good. Mm. Um, and it's robbing you of REM sleep, so you're constantly tired and don't feel right, and it's anaesthetizing all that. So for me, it's about, you know, what people sometimes say, if you want to stop drinking or smoking, you make a list of all the reasons you want to quit mm. and kind of grit your teeth and see how long you can go for. But for me, it's far better to make a list of all the reasons you want to keep doing it and then really analyze them and see if they're right or not. Yeah. Because if you can get to grips with that side of it, you're not resisting it. Mm. You just don't want it. Yeah, it, yeah, hundred percent. I hundred percent agree with you. And again, for me, I knew that it was it was a psychological thing for me. It was mm. it it was definitely a psychological thing for me in in respects to the way that I viewed it, um, and not viewing it as missing out, viewing it as being free from it. And and that's why I think Alan Carr's book there was an analogy in it um, that I really related to, which scared me actually um, about a uh, one of them one of them uh, plants that oh the pitcher plant yeah yeah the yeah, plant where yeah. where the the fly or, or the bee, I guess it is, goes in and then it, it it seeps some of the seeps some of the juices that are in there, and it and it goes away. But if it comes back and it goes a little bit further, it seeps some and it goes away. But at some point, it might go stuck. in that too far, gets stuck, and then it gets pulled in and then yeah, it yeah. gets eaten. And it was like you know the, what 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 I was doing was because as you've described over years and years and years, one your toleration for, your your toleration for it drops, so you need more of it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but for me, the 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 the, the risk taking, and uh, when I was drinking, in regards to, you know, being blasé about the 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 consequences of my drinking, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like for instance, if my like my wife was saying to me you're going to be smashed again a weekend. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And then that going to, please don't be smashed again a weekend to go into, Oh, great. Look at the state of you today. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to go in, are you not listening? Are you not listening? Mm. Are you not listening for fucking years? Do yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And then her yeah. being like, do you know what? I don't, this ain't how I want to live. Mm. And then you going, well, do you know what? I better actually sort it out. And then suddenly realizing, fuck me, how do I sort this out? Yeah. That's the thing. It's not until you try to do something about it and realize 
actually it's I, not as easy as that yeah and, yeah and that 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 point of your life when you get to that where you go do you know what actually i'm gonna have a little look at this because it's pissing everyone off around me and then and then struggling with that is it is fucking it hits you like a fucking mm. freight train where you're like well hold on a second i just simply want to stop drinking but why is this so difficult why is yeah. what is going on here oh my god suddenly my whole life i realized my whole life is is centered around drinking yeah. everything i do yeah do you know what i mean all of my meetings going out socializing family events every thing now has got to change just because I want to change that one that one thing and it's terrifying and I thought to myself I'll go away from it and then when I thought I was safe to come back to it and it was it, 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 it was like it accelerated so much more on the second time round yeah back it was the flower again oh the that flower. is exact that yeah. is exactly it that is exactly it and I kept on thinking of that analogy and I thought to myself the second time I go back I thought to myself I'll you know it'd be all right but when all of them same arguments came quicker and everything happened yeah, faster yeah, yeah. and then it got a little bit more out of control I was like am I fucking slipping here do you know yeah. what I mean and I was oh, and um and that that's that's what I think is that it can be it can be like if if you have got an unhealthy relationship with it and you have the ability to address it and some strength, do it now, maybe before it's too late, because it could get worse. It, it is a drug and it gets worse, not easier. That's how it works. You know, like you're talking about the fly in the pitcher plant and it doesn't get better over time. It gets worse. The, the best time to quit is now. However hard it is now, it's going to be harder in a year a decade mm. whatever it is yeah definitely well we're almost done and um i'm sorry that i didn't finish your book but i'm going to finish <laughs> it um is there anything 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 that you want to add um i got to be honest with you i felt more intelligent after i read the first couple of bits it's really good they're definitely because i'm attracting a new audience to this podcast because this podcast is sort of going out mm. um and because i'm a comedian by trade and, yeah, yeah. and um uh, a little bit controversial sometimes um but there's a lot of people a lot of comments that you find on these on this podcast now people are like you know i thought you was a bit of a knob but now you <laughs> i never realized that you could actually read and shit so um so uh, is there is there is there any anything else you want to add to people that are thinking of maybe having a look at your book i personally i i think and i'm not just saying this and i'm not getting paid by the way to advertise this book at all but um i think that if you're think considering doing anything um that changes your life and your whole your whole sort of the way you live research it as much as possible and reading really fucking helps because one it makes you feel like you're not on your own and two um actually understanding stuff it just makes everything a lot easier is there anything in the book that you want to talk about before we finish up or that you think can help people or anything you would just want to say about it no no i think just generally speaking i would i think if people are thinking about their relationship they're not sure whether they want to stop or whatever i would echo what you've said which is do some research you don't have to read the book thinking i'm now going to have to stop for the rest of my life it's just to get that information mm. And as I say, I, I know Claire, her, I, I love the Sober Diaries, it's really good. Alcohol Explained was almost like, here's information. Yeah. This is what alcohol does, this is what it doesn't do, mm. this is the perception of it, this is the reality. It's up to you to do with that information what you like. A lot of people use it to stop drinking or to change mm. their relationship with alcohol. You don't have to. But that's, what I'm, that's what I would say. Don't worry too much at the moment about should I, shouldn't I, all the rest of it. Get some information. Yeah. And it can only help you make the right decision further down the line, whatever that decision ultimately is. Yeah, I certainly felt when I started reading about it, I just I, I felt like a little bit more well. I just thought to myself, well, of course I'm like this because I didn't know all of that. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, of course, no, of no. course, of course, yeah. I'm like this. I didn't know all of that, and you know, if 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 I was going from, you know, heavy sessions at the weekend to, you know, 
Monday's going, oh, do you know what? It's been a tough day at work and I still feel fucked from the weekend. I'm going to have a couple of beers Monday. Mm. And then that's Tuesday and Wednesday. <laughs> After reading something like that, you can understand why a little yeah. bit. You don't have to just look at yourself and go, I'm an addict and I'm yeah, fucked. Yeah. It simply is your brain chemistry. Um, but yeah, John, anything you want to add, my friend? Uh, I mean, that was super interesting. I just had a quick question about, you said you were smoking um, from the ages when you started drinking. Yeah. Was that a similar journey to quit that? Because we haven't really touched upon smoking. No, smoking's different. Different, different in some ways, similar in others. I mean, the, the problem with smoking is, or the problem with drinking is it intoxicates. So, you know, you can almost, you, you could smoke 60 a day and mm. still do a job and be a parent and all the rest yeah. of it. Maybe but not a saxophonist. But... No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or a runner. But yeah, um, but the, yeah with, um, with alcohol, it's different because of that intoxication thing. So it really impacts relationships mm. and all the rest of it. But that same dynamic is there, how you end up, you know, it creates that withdrawal. Mm. You don't feel right. You have the cigarette and feel better and more confident and mm. more relaxed. So it is, it's a similar dynamic. Obviously, it's a stimulant nicotine rather than a mm. sedative. Yeah. Fair enough. Cool. Yes. What, um, just to finish on this, because I def definitely, um, I, found, I found how to start my day um, with my boxing and my fitness mm. uh, and how to set myself up. But when it comes to the weekend, Friday nights and stuff like that, any advice to people on what they can do to replace that relaxation? Yeah, so w what I have found is since I stopped drinking, I've picked up, there's new stuff you do because when you stop drinking, you have more time. Yeah. Okay, because one, you're not drinking. I feel like I've got a lot more time, but yeah. But then you're waking up with energy, you mm. know, and you're not, end of the day comes and you're just flopping in front of the TV because you're exhausted. You know, you've got a bit of energy, so you have more time and you have more energy. I found myself picking up stuff that I left behind when I started drinking you know things I enjoyed mm. um, I like exercise reading loads of different things but what I would say is an important thing particularly if you're coming up to a weekend and you're used to drinking at weekends make sure you've got plans mm. particularly for the first few mm. when you're you know if you are looking at quitting because really the worst thing you can do is get home and like oh that's it then, is it? What yeah. do I do now? So so make whatever those plans look like, mm. you know, like if it's exercise, meeting friends, whatever it is, yeah. make sure you plan it out to begin with. Yeah, that's good advice. All right. Well, thank you very much. Um, you can get the book, Amazon. Amazon. Yeah, Amazon's yeah, Amazon. the best place, yeah. yeah, yeah. Alcohol Explained, if you want to have a, a, a good look at, at what it really does to you and how you can manage it. And um, if you're considering stopping or you want to maintain or just if you want to brush up on your knowledge, it's by William Porter, our guest today. Thank you very much. Make sure you... Where, can they find you? Are you on social media at all? Or Yeah, yeah. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and the website's alcoholexplained.com. In fact, the first five chapters are on the website so brilliant people are interested they can go and yeah so if you're that. tight you know yeah. what I mean and you want a bit of a freebie jump on there but thank you very much for joining us uh, thank, you very, thank you very much my friend Cheers. and uh, to everyone else out there please make sure that you subscribe any guests that you'd like anything interesting you've read pop it in the comments um, sharing is caring get the podcast out there and I just want to say I want to use this opportunity to say because I haven't said it yet to all of the thousands well hundreds of thousands of people now that have um, tuned in I think we've had I don't know like half a million views already there's been hundreds and hundreds of thousands of downloads loads of social media comments and everything i just want to say thank you very much the um the podcast is helping me talk about it and i'm learning so much and also uh, it's great to get these knowledgeable people on the platform and share their knowledge so thank you very much and we'll see you next time bye for now